0: We are in a strange moment in time. We sit in a moment of disturbance, a moment with a new kind of busyness, a sort of reset, I suppose, that I don't think we really asked for. Um, I was uh, speaking with uh, Sarah, one of our leaders, yesterday, and she was saying how God has been speaking to her about not wasting this time and the opportunity she has to learn and to grow uh, in the midst of this and, and it's that reset moment that we weren't looking for that, it's, that has come and it, it's a strange cultural and historical moment. Um, this will be an Easter that we will never forget. Um, we will never, uh, we will always be able to talk about that Easter in 2020, the one that you sat in front of your computer and listened to some bloke uh, miles down the road talking to his computer. Um, but here's the thing, this whole experience is very personal to each one of us, so we're all experiencing this individually uh, and in our families, but we are, it's also a massive public moment because the whole globe is undergoing this kind of experience. So it's this strange tension of a very public thing and a very personal thing. And Easter is exactly the same. I want to talk this morning about the joy of new life and hope and what that brings to us and how it might have some sense of importance for this moment and this day. We read the story of Noah and I'd ask you just for a moment to put yourself back into that story uh, that Rebecca read for us where Noah sends out this dove hoping that yes, maybe we'll get some sign that, that this is going to be an end. And then actually what happens is the dove comes back and it's got nothing. There's no sign of life. There's nothing. The disappointment and confusion that must have, that Noah must have felt in the midst of that, having been locked down at sea for months on end. And now he's like, oh, what? So a week later, he sends out the dove. And I do wonder, was it more in hope than expectation? This sense of, well, I suppose I better And so he sends out this dove and back comes the dove with the olive branch to say, wait a minute, there is hope here. There is an end to this. There is something new coming. And then we read the next part of that story where God makes his covenant with Noah once they're back on dry land. And he shows him the rainbow and says, this will be a sign of my faithfulness to you. Now the people of God throughout the ages attested to God's faithfulness and they spoke about it and yet they longed for the fulfilment of that faithfulness. They longed that it would be more than just a sign in the sky or a promise in a covenant. They longed for the Messiah. They had this sign but they wanted something more. And then we find our disciples we, we find the women going to the tomb. The, these disciples who were longing that this might be the fulfillment of God's promise that he would send a Messiah. And it had been years in the making this moment. They had risked their livelihoods. They had embraced vulnerability. And then on the cross at Calvary, all their hopes were shattered. All their dreams were gone. And perhaps importantly, a friend was lost. And so we see the women, they go to the tomb and they come running to the the apostles and tell them that he's not there. The tomb is empty. They tell of their, their encounter with the angels and the men in best men fashion say, aye, right. And so, but Peter, he decides Actually, I'm going to check it out for myself. And he runs to the tomb. And I love in the Gospel of John, when John tells this story, John actually makes the point that, that John won that race. You know, that, that he was the one that was making the much more of an effort. But Peter gets there. And it says, he went away wondering to himself. He didn't know. He was still confused, still disappointed. But we get this insight into a deeply personal moment that Peter has on this first Easter Sunday. But Easter itself might be the most public pronouncement that's ever been made. He is alive, it changes everything. It proves Jesus to be who he said he was. It shows God really is faithful and that his promise is now fulfilled. Redemption and restoration is now for the whole of creation. There is no more public good news than that. There is no more public than that. But in this moment, Peter has this deeply personal experience where he goes away wondering what it is that has happened. But Easter has brought to us the full and proper revelation of the hope. An olive branch from heaven, if you like. New life and new hope is available to us. But then we read the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. Two people walking back to presumably their homeland, their hometown. They're done in. They're lost. They are disappointed. They're fed up. And then this man appears and walks with them. He teaches them from the scriptures. They had enough memory to know that something was going on here. They knew enough of the story and of the promises of God that as they were being laid out to them, something was stirred within them. And so when they come to part from this man who's walked on the road with them, they say, no, they strongly urged him to stay. And so he stays. Having declared this public truth for them, he sits in a very personal moment and breaks bread and suddenly their eyes are opened. Another deeply personal moment of revelation of this very public truth. Jesus on the road to Emmaus brought hope from heaven and new life for these disciples who then take off back where they had come from in order to proclaim this incredible news that the one they hoped for was Messiah was Messiah and so much more. He was once dead and is now alive. And so this morning our invitation is to see new life. Not just as green shoots coming up from the ground like the brilliant photos that many of the kids took but actually. It's also more than that. It's it's not even just the blossom that we can see on some of the trees, the beauty and the color that those bring. It's not even the stunning sunrise that we didn't get this morning because it was pretty dull. Um, It's not even a dove returning with an olive branch. This morning, we are invited to see that we, you and I, each one of us, Sitting at each screen here, whether you are the youngest among us or the oldest, each one of us is invited into this very public reality that Jesus is alive and we can be a new creation. We listen to Duncan's story, a story of redemption and hope and God walking with him through the highs and the lows of life, meeting him where he needed to be met, and in that, bringing new life. See, what Jesus was doing when he was, uh, when he was dying on the cross was dealing with our sin and our brokenness and our separation from God. And in the resurrection, he is vindicated in that and he is the first fruits of a new creation, the scriptures tell us. See, Jesus is not just here to save our souls. He is redeeming the whole of creation, everything, All of us and all of the stuff we can see, God is in the business of redeeming through the resurrection of Jesus. See, Jesus is the first fruits of that new creation and with that, death has lost its sting. That's an important message for us right now. Death has no power over you and I if you trust in Jesus. God has won. Death is defeated and sin along with it. The enemy is vanquished. And those who embrace this public reality, they are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The hope of heaven is revealed as a public reality that has very personal impact. See, just because it's public doesn't mean we don't need to own it. We each individually need to own the reality that Jesus rose from the dead and then new life comes to us. What a wonderful hope and gift to us. But also, we don't get to have it as a private thing. I've deliberately used the word personal rather than private because there's nothing ever private about our faith. It is deeply tied up with this public proclamation that Jesus is alive. He is risen and so we are a new creation. And so just in case you think this sounds all a bit triumphalistic, yes, yes, Glenn, that's great. Thanks very much. It's all very nice and a bit uppity because it's good because it's Sunday morning and it's Resurrection Sunday and we should be like that. But, you know, when we get back down to real life on Monday, none of that's going to matter. No, this is not what we're talking about. Because we are surely not spared the pain of this world, the brokenness of this world, the suffering of this world. We experience that. The promise is never that we would not do that. The promise is, is that because Jesus is alive that God is making all things new? And so, as we journey through that, we have a hope and a joy that is not fixed in our current circumstances but abundantly fixed in the hope of Resurrection Sunday that Jesus is alive. Brothers and sisters, we are promised a life eternal, and until we move into that in its fullness, We are living with the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead in us and he is making each one of you a beautiful thing. Each one of you. So let us live this week and this year even in the midst of this chaos and having to meet in these crazy circumstances let us live in the knowledge that Jesus has won, that new life abounds, that we are a new creation and in the public reality that Jesus is alive that brings to us personal joy and hope and we can live out of that because Jesus is, Jesus rose from the dead. He is not in the tomb. He is alive. And brothers and sisters, that is good news this morning for you and I and for the whole world i mean